Hi John, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Risha. How are you? I'm doing very well too. Thank you. You have been traveling extensively. It's great to finally catch you back while you're in India. Yeah, same here. And how long are you going to be here for a few days, I assume? Yeah, I think I'm probably in a different city every day, so it's difficult to <laughs> give you a precise answer. Okay, so now we're going to get going while you're here. So, uh, John, Chat GPT, artificial intelligence, bots—they seem to have been the talk of the town over the past few months. You know, and it's, it's come on heels after digitization because COVID nineteen brought about a lot of digitization. And then Chat GPT came on and said, "Boom! I am here. I have arrived." And while it brought a lot of excitement, it also brought out about a lot of uncertainty about what the future holds, especially for the workforce. So that's the subject for this podcast. So we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. Uh, so to begin with, uh, you know, even before we specifically get started with Chat GPT, which is more specific to language, I would like to ask you. How has artificial intelligence impacted learning and development? And follow that with how has Ens Paradigm used artificial intelligence to build simulations? Over to you. Yeah, so I think a lot of exciting developments in the space of AI in the last few years. Uh, the technology for AI has been around, or rather, the the algorithms for AI have been around for some time. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's the technology has really advanced and computations that would have taken you know years and years to do earlier can now be done in minutes mm. uh, what has really accelerated this space has been uh, the creation of new models uh, you all may have heard of large language models uh, which basically predict uh, you know what is the next word that makes the most sense in a particular sentence or a paragraph uh, where it right. is right and uh, what what has been very interestingly done by many of these models is that you know uh, you know the, the algorithms work in a way that uh, every time you run the model uh, it may predict a slightly different word right so mm-hmm. when any new sentence is being written by uh, you know chat gpt or any of its counterparts like bard what they do is to look at what is the next best uh, word that has to come out and uh, you know depending on the top 5 or 10 words probabilistically they will dis- decide which word will come out and uh, you know through that process they end up creating long sentences right and right. each of these sentences become uh, paragraphs and then paragraphs become articles uh, and so on and so forth right uh, so uh, the heart and soul of uh, lnd uh, at the space is uh you know the, the most core role is that of the domain expert and the content creator right uh, where right. expert knows uh the domain area or the skill area that one needs to uh you know provide learning for and the content creator is the one who actually creates that content uh now right so chat gpt have become you know like a know it all uh domain expert because they have access to so much of data around the world right so they have a lot of domain knowledge at the same time they also have now the linguistic skills to put out uh you know uh words sentences paragraph which are meaningful and make sense and which are also contextually relevant right uh right. so this is a game changer for the lnd space because uh, the reliance on people who already have that domain expertise 
and people who can create engaging content, uh, you know, uh, will go down, right? So earlier, uh, because there are so many different domains, so many different skill set areas, you need a huge base of, uh, you know, talent to be able to create meaningful content in different skill areas. Now, uh, AI can significantly shorten uh, that time, right? So mm-hmm. you're still in a place where, uh, you know, you still need human experts to curate content. But the raw content that earlier used to be created by uh, an individual contributor, word by word, is now, uh, you know, a lot of that work is being done by uh, the GPT tools. Coming, uh, how this is really impacting end paradigm. Uh, so uh-huh. the work that we've been doing in the AI space uh, for the last few years, uh, and uh, I maybe highlight specific areas of AI that we are uh, we are also using at our end, right? So sure. If you look at uh, Chat GPT, you know, it is part of the class of tools of generative AI, right? So uh, there are a lot of generative AI tools out there which are being used to create scenarios, situations, challenges that users need to navigate within our simulations. Uh, at the same time, just having text-based content alone cannot uh, provide enough impetus to the learning environment, right? You need the learning environment to be uh, very true to life matching the real world. So we use uh, different classes of immersive AI to bring this. So we use a lot of human-looking digital avatars, uh, natural voice tones, lip syncing. Uh, We're doing a lot of work today with 3D video and experimenting with AR and VR uh, to improve the look and feel further, right? So that's one class. Uh, We're also looking at areas of emotion AI to uh, not only look at, uh, you know, how the system interacts with the user, but also how the user interacts back with the system. What emotion is the user showing? Uh, if the user has to provide a voice-based input back to the system, can the system capture the user's emotion? Can it capture the user's uh, language in terms of natural language? Can it process that natural language? So that eventually, instead of having a one-way conversation from a computer to a human being, you can also have a human being talking back to the computer. right? Uh, so that is where emotion AI plays a big role uh, another class of AI that's actually been around for some time is attention AI, where you look at uh, understanding what the user really was for, you know, paying attention to on screen. Um, because in a learning environment, you're going to be putting a lot of inputs to the user. Uh, and in a digital learning environment, whether it's on their tablets or their laptops or their phones, uh, you have a lot of information on screen. Uh, does uh, uh, Can we use AI to know what the user is really focusing on at any point in time? and make sure that the user experience is more relevant to the attention spans of the user, right? So that's under class of AI as well. So broadly, we are using it for, uh, you know, on one hand, personalizing the experience for the user, uh, personalize the experience to their industry, their role, their proficiency levels, and their attention spans. Uh, And uh, a second dimension is that of what I call immersion, right? Making the learning very true to life, very real, very engaging. So these are the two directions that we're working on. So artificial intelligence is being used extensively. I mean, uh, Chat GPT has probably brought it to the fore to common man. But what I'm understanding is behind the scenes, it has definitely been playing a role over the last few years, if not more. So that brings me on to the next question as to, so uh, learning is largely around products, especially when it's associated with tech. So can you show, uh, throw some light on how artificial intelligence is changing the development of a learning product? 
Yeah, so there are two. Uh, there were a lot of things that machines couldn't do earlier, right? One, mm-hmm. translate learning from one language to another. Secondly, uh, being able to understand what a user is saying in free flow language, natural language. Uh, you know, so these are two big areas which machines couldn't do. Uh, and also being able to generate, like I said earlier, generate language uh, out of context, right? So you have a particular context. Can you convert that context into language? Right. And can you use that to communicate the context to another party so they understand what the context is? Today, all these right. areas where you know machines have started taking over the territory that you know traditionally human experts used to have. Uh, the other area that I'd like to speak about is the personalization and recommendation area, right? Where being able to identify uh, what is relevant to user, being able to identify the patterns in a user's usage, and increasing the relevance of the learning recommendation. Uh, that's the other mm-hmm. other, right? Uh, so if you put uh, this all this together, uh, you'll see that uh, you know learning products are moving in the direction of one-on-one human coaching, right? So today, one-on-one human mm-hmm. is one of the most effective ways of enhancing skills or changing mindset of a person. Uh, but it's very expensive today. It's not very scalable at all. Uh, so AI, I think, can really move the needle over there. So in the last 10 minutes, I think one thing I've understood is there is nothing AI really can't do. Oh. It's practically there everywhere. Okay, don't start on. I'm sure there's a lot of things that AI cannot do. Uh, definitely, AI has demonstrated that there are areas which we didn't think it could do, which it is definitely doing today. Yes. So on that note, that brings me to one of the most serious questions: that um, the threat that AI has brought to the workforce, the dread that is amongst every worker, you know, fearing for their job role, fearing for their work in the organization. That brings me to the question of, uh, do you really think tech will replace skill? Uh, is a product designer worried that AI will take over? How are jobs changing due to AI? Yeah, so this is like saying that, you know, typewriters are going to kill jobs, right? If you rewind the clock back, or if you rewind the clock 100 years back, saying that uh, the assembly line will uh, make... Uh, you know, factory workers redundant, right? Mm, uh, right. So, in fact, there is data to say that for any technology disruption in the past, for every job that is lost, uh, there were four that was created, right? Oh, wow. The thing is, these jobs will be more high skill jobs because the basic skills have been taken over by automation or by a machine, right? And right. that worker is not going to add value at the basic level but probably at the next level of capability or skill, right? So technology will make it easier for human beings to produce outcomes that customers are ready to pay for, right? So customers will get better experiences, they will get better insights, uh, and they're going to pay for that. Uh, And therefore, there is going to be money to pay for jobs that are part of the value chain of the overall outcome, right? However, you will need who are more skilled, and who can leverage the tools to create the value and the outcome. Hmm, interesting. So I must tell you an anecdote on this. Um, I type into ChatGPT saying, ChatGPT, what are the jobs that you will create? And it answers back saying, I can't tell you what jobs I will create, but I can tell you everything I can do. And it gave me 25 things it can do. Yeah, don't believe it. 
John, uh, you and your entire team work very, very closely with the with the workforce, with uh, human resource departments, with learning and development. Uh, are they ready for this texture? Is the corporate world ready for this dramatic shift? Because it's not a shift that's taking place gradually. It's a dramatic shift. How well prepared are they for it? Yeah, so this is, so AI is not a technology which is necessarily very easy to understand, right? Hmm. It uses a lot of data, it uses a lot of mathematical models. Um, so if you really want to understand how AI works, you need to know math, you need to know data. Uh, and those mm-hmm. are the areas that a lot of people have a lot of phobias around, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, corporate professionals, uh, people in HR in particular, definitely need to become more comfortable with both uh, math and data, right? And understand these in a very layman way. Uh, what AI does is it interprets a lot of input data, a lot of source data, and it derives patterns. And then bases those patterns, it interprets other data or it generates new data based on the patterns, right? So if you look at almost any kind of AI, you will see that, you know, this is the common theme across these different classes of AI, right? So a lot of work will go into, so while the people who design AI models work on the, uh, you know, uh, the algorithms work on, you know, the weightages that the model will give different data points. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, people who are users of AI models have to focus a lot on the input and the output, right? What data is going into mm. and what data is going to come out of the system, Right. And uh, there has to be a lot of work to be done in terms of knowing, are we providing the right input data for AI to do its job without or with lesser bias, right? And mm. is data that AI providing, uh, you know, is that representative of what you really wanted to provide, right? Because once AI is deployed in production uh, and it's live, right, then uh, you may not have control over what outcomes uh, it's going to drive, uh, Right. In fact, just today morning, uh, I was reading uh, articles on uh, AI-driven, you know, wars. Right. Uh, wow. You know, two countries both use AI uh, to to you know fight battles each other. Right. And AI recommends that you take a certain action in the bat- in the battlefield. And uh, AI actually, and if there's enough autonomy given to uh, AI, right, you can very well imagine a situation where, uh, you know, two countries go from, you know, peace to war in a very, very short period of time because, you know, AI takes decisions so much faster. Uh, but we still don't know if many of the decisions are the best decision to be taken at that point in time. This sounds very scary, just as much as intriguing. Yeah, but I think it's very similar to all the other technology that, you know, we've got as human beings, right? So... Uh, even if you look at the nuclear bomb, uh, you know, potentially can eliminate all sources of life on Earth. Uh, but I think humans have been responsible. And I believe uh, even in the space of AI, uh, you know, uh, it's up to up to us to show the same amount of responsibility in leveraging the power of AI, right? Yeah, you've said this on the heels of, you know, my question of, there's a shine in the sheen of AI that we've been reading about and we've been hearing about. But I'm sure there are a lot of things we need to be cautious and careful about because there is the good and the evil like we've seen in Star Wars too. So can you tell us what one needs to be careful about when it comes with this kind of powerful technology at use? Yes, I think it's very important that, uh, you know, uh, 
I'm not going to be talking so much about the doomsday scenarios here, but you know, for uh, everyday outcomes, you know, what 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 is it that's going to be important? One, we we don't right. use, ensure that we don't lose the human touch, right? Uh, even today, a lot of AI-based copywriting. Uh, you know, when you uh, read it for the first, when you read the first two articles, they look very, very wow and unique. Uh, but when you once you finish ten articles, you start seeing patterns even there, right? Uh, and um, you know, things start sounding and feeling a little bit mechanical, right? Uh, and the same is true for AI-based scripts uh, and similar AI productions in creative areas today. Uh, a lot of the wow factor of any new creation is its uniqueness, right? Uh, an artist has come out with something that people didn't really expect or predict. We need to ensure that, that get lost and you know, it's not that every artist is using AI to produce something that every other artist would have anyway, anyway produced, right? So that extra yeah. really puts the human in the human being, right? So making sure that uh, that continues is going to be going to be very important. Uh, we still have a lot of areas uh, in you know in the space of copyright law uh, because you know AI is taking something and then uh, creating or generating a derivative, uh, right? And uh, it's not very clear what is AI using to derive the derivative. You know, what are the sources of information? Are we really infringing on, uh, you know, anyone's original copyright uh, or original? Yeah, so that's that's something that's not very clear. And, you know, again, uh, definitely people need to be, all creators need to be cautious uh, of that. Hmm. So let me ask you uh, a question. What is the most, bizarre thing that you've asked chat GPT or you've done with AI like until now so in fact while I myself haven't uh, you know asked chat, chat GPT too many bizarre questions uh, okay. I'm sure all of us have already read about uh, you know one of the initial versions where you know uh, the, the system actually said it's in love with one of the others oh yes yes asked, asked the asked the you know uh, the other person to you know, uh, take a divorce from their current spouse, right? Yeah, of course. So, no, I haven't uh, had those kind of conversations. Something that I more frequently ask a lot of customers, I ask a lot of HR professionals, you know, that uh, whether you have asked ChatGPT whether it's going to take away your job. Uh, and again, I don't see people actually having asked that question, right? So I think people are a little cautious today of what they want to really ask uh, a tool like ChatGPT as well. So actually, that's very interesting because, you know, we, I was just having a candid chat with a friend of mine who is in HR and she's like, for the first time, it's like being in HR is telling us, we know, you know, we, we don't only really have to handle emotions of individuals who are at work. We now need to even upskill to understand what kind of technology they are accessing and how they are probably having answers even before they come to us. So she's like, uh, it's making L&D and HR professionals learn because usually HR departments and organizations is the end all. Like it's it's that final step. So hmm. She's like, it's, it, has, it has put us to work. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> and I remember the days when Apple had Siri, which you could have endless conversations with, but the answers were very repetitive and monotonous. Chat GPT plays your therapist. Uh, it plays your teacher. It plays. It essays any role. It's like you're talking to the machine, and you don't need another individual. And that, for me, was the scary part of 
artificial intelligence, you know, is it ever going to take away the need for human touch? But that's interesting to know that it need not. Like we we need not worry to the extent we are worrying about it today. Would that be fair to say? So you you had a futurist like uh, Ray Kurzweil who've been predicting uh, the arrival of what is known as a singularity, right? Where okay, uh, the the moment where artificial general intelligence becomes uh, much higher than the total intelligence of the human humankind, right? And becomes artificial mm-hmm. general intelligence, right? And uh, clearly, Chat GPT is an example of an uh artificial general in- intelligence tool right because it can play so many different roles it's not limited to a very specific character or a specific task that it can it can perform uh, so, uh you know i think people have been predicting that this is going to happen uh, and anywhere from 2030 to say 2045 is where uh, artificial super general intelligence takes over right uh, so there are predictions Uh, at the same time uh, you know uh, i would definitely back you know human beings to continue uh, you know playing the pivotal role uh, on this planet right so uh, i'm going to uh, maybe quote this movie gataka over here uh, which is a story uh-huh. of the story of two brothers uh, one uh, who is a gene ed- edited designer baby and one who is naturally born right uh, the elder one um and the natural naturally born brother uh, aspires to go to space but does not have uh, you know the genetic qualification to go right and therefore is deformed from going to space uh, but uh, through street smarts through tenacity through perseverance you know he beats all odds to win uh, in a designer world right and uh, it's a great movie to reflect on uh, you know both the pluses and minuses and you know how human beings will have to navigate through this uh, future world of ai uh it, i think i'm going to say we are indeed living in the futuristic world what we once saw only on television yeah. and it's going to only get more exciting from here so each of us can just wait and watch because we're actually talking to robots if uh, if if our reality today Thank you so much John this was very insightful and um, I think we would love to see what people have to say about artificial intelligence because I think it's only going to keep evolving this is just the start Thank you Richard it was a great conversation Thanks so much John you have a good Sunday and speak with you very soon Same here